So I saw a couple things on TV recently. One, they were talking about robots taking over all of our jobs soon. Thank God. And uh, the point that the guy made on the TV was that there's not necessarily going to be new f- job fields to take over. Like in the 1900s, people were afraid that people who did like blacksmithing and horse-drawn carriages, like the Luddites, they were afraid that there wouldn't be any jobs to replace them. But there happened to be jobs to replace them. But there's no guarantee that that'll happen in the future. Right. We're going to eventually get to the point where almost everything is done by computer. Yeah. What the guy on the TV said was that one of the only industries left will be the entertainment industry. And not everybody can be in the entertainment industry. Don't I know it. (laughs) Because there's only so many... uh, there's only so many celebrities that can, there can be at one time and so many hit shows at one time because people can only remember so many things at once. And uh, I think that's total bullshit. Our discussion today has reminded me of Black Mirror so many times. Have you seen it? I don't know. I've not. Yeah, I've seen it. Like the episode yes. where the only way to get out of the underground bunker where they are, where they're riding bicycles, is to get on TV. And there's, you know, there's only so many entertainers. That's weird. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know that they were underground or on a spaceship no, in I that episode. Assume. But I just thought it was just a place. My my thought is like, but they do have machines that can write films now and songs. Like just taking, you know, like yes. there are computers out there that have like called every song ever written basically mm-hmm. and, and been able to like output a new hit song. And they can make a singer who sounds like a St. Bernard actually make them sound like an excellent singer right. through, well, through voice harmonics. And yeah, auto-tune. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, my premise is that you don't need to be famous to work in the entertainment industry, and you don't need to be on a hit show because the premise that you need to be on something that people remember is false. Yeah. And the, a primary example of that is a tourist trap. So you're on vacation – you stumble into a tourist, like a AAA guidebook area where they have all those mm-hmm. brochures. Yeah. You see something interesting that you never heard of. You go there, you take some photos, and then you forget about it. So there's a whole field of entertainment that's not based on hearing about it first and about like being famous. It doesn't have to be a famous show or a famous video game. It's just something you stumble onto, you do it, and then you forget about it. And that's like an endless pit of opportunity. And there's other types of things that could be... I mean, how many people out there are on these tiny little YouTube shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that? It's the same type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Tiny that's what podcasts. we are all competing yeah. with every day. Yeah. yeah. Aren't you just describing local comedy? So, well, I'm, I'm not even talking about comedians. I'm just talking about like like there's so many you know You're right, YouTube. gadget shows yeah. and, and car shows. And I learned how to do the floor in my basement, the Pergo floor, by watching YouTube. I didn't get a guy over there. I, I bought the Pergo floor and the stuff I needed, and I watched YouTube for yeah. four solid days. Oh, yeah. But my point is that there could be in the entertainment industry, if, if you consider tourism and all forms of entertainment, there's a lot of room for growth there. And I also, I think there's not a lot of physical things to do for entertainment. Like most things involve just watching a TV or traveling somewhere and just looking at something and taking a photo of it or just eating There's only like 10 or 12 like physical things that people do for fun, like hiking, cycling, swimming, rock climbing, baseball or softballs. But there should be hundreds of physical things that people can do. That's like a totally untapped market of entertainment industry that's begging to be filled, especially in the future if we live in a society where robots do all the jobs and we've got all the time in the world to do entertainment things. 
And like the board game industry exploded recently because of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think a similar thing could happen with physical games in a futuristic world where people don't have to work very much. They're just so, – all they have to do is leisure activities and we need to invent more leisure activities. Yeah. So that's one thing to do with my idea is uh, it fills a gap in the entertainment industry. And then the other thing – the other part is uh, there's been the hurricanes recently and I was thinking about how totally unprepared society is for natural disasters and other types of disasters. Mm-hmm. Like uh, scientists think that sunspots will hit like every 50 years and they'll destroy all of the satellites – that are on the side of the earth that's facing the sun at the time and that some of them might even be strong enough to literally fry all of the electronics on land, like get through the atmosphere. I think there was one of the stupid sci-fi shows about that, that Mm -hmm. all the power goes out. I remember that. And like we're miles from being prepared for stuff like that. And so if you combine these two things together, getting more prepared for disasters and also coming up with entertainment things for people to do like robot proof jobs related to entertainment. You come up with my idea. Hmm. So my idea solves both of those problems, at least partially historical concept communities is what I call it. So basically like the Amish would be like an example of one that already exists so you'd want to have big communities almost like the size of Indian reservations or states. And you would have rules for these communities as to like what technologies they can use and what the buildings have to look like and how the people live. So you could have like a post-World War II like automotive like baby gasoline boom era. like baby boom era like happy days like street racing gasoline powered engines gasoline powered farming equipment like no computers basically and this is like a vacation with so, the racism and spousal abuse as well well they would still have it wouldn't be wouldn't totally be accurate it, they would be under our modern laws and right right stuff oh, like that okay. but some people might want to live there already some people might want a vacation there I just have to say that what you're talking about being robot-proof, basically, Westworld is what that is with robots. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> like, but the whole idea is that if a sunspot, like, killed all of the electronics oh, yeah, yeah. or all like the computers, so you have enough people already there who know how to do things, like, to farm and Actually to, stick, build a house? To drive so, okay, trucks yeah. so you're, so you're and saying, to build houses all without computers. So, so people getting ready for like a, an apocalypse by like keeping that knowledge going mm-hmm. that will otherwise be pushed aside by newer technologies. Yeah, instead of having one society that has just the modern way of doing things, you'd create steps. And all those different steps, like the baby boom step, the Amish step, and uh, you could have like a medieval step. You could have like a survivalist step where you hunt and gather food in the woods. Then you do everything yourself, like the preppers. So you have all these steps. How much would this cost? That's really what I want to get into. Because you've piqued my interest. I like the premise. How much am I having to give you to do this? So first of all, it's basically not about the cost so much as about organizing people. So we've got plenty of areas in the U.S., like rural areas, where we could create these reservations to build these societies. And so you'd make it so people who already want to live like a survivalist or they want to live in like the 1950s style, they don't want self-driving cars. They want to drive their own cars and 
people would want to live there, so you wouldn't have to pay them to do it. Right. You just have to convince them to all coalesce into one area. And then tourists might not want to live there forever, but they'll want to vacation there. I would totally vacation there. I need to go somewhere where I can still get a decent hotel with water park and uh, buffet. Which I just totally wrecked your entire idea by having all that consumerism in one spot. Yeah, basically you're, yeah. you're just talking about like a, a present day anything. I should just go to Frankenmuth. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. well, well what that is. Disney <laughs> too. Like Disney has a 50s cafe. They do. Go yeah, in but and, I'm thinking that people – it's not just a little theme park. Right. It's an actual it's a way of society. Life. Yeah. I think that that's ultimately going to happen. Like I honestly do. I'm with Josh. That's totally going to happen. And as a matter of fact, I think it's going to happen sooner than later, honestly. It kind of has happened. And I think the government should subsidize it in regards to disaster preparedness. In, People in some that way. are off the grid aren't going to want the government involved. Yeah, that's the first if thing If they give of. them money, they'll take money from Well, the that's true because I can remember a distinct time when there was a hurricane on the East Coast and a <laughs> certain senator in Texas said, Texans hold their own. We don't need no socialism. And then when the, when the hurricane came down there, can we get a – It was a different story. Let's say today, <laughs> if the entire electrical grid got wiped out, like what did there you are a few survivalists and a few college professors who still know how to make soap in gynecology, like themselves, and well, how any, to, anybody who's read Fight Club knows I'm how to sorry. make soap, and how to hunt themselves. And, and there's a few people who have old cars that don't have any electrical at all. They're carbureted, like self-started, like Ooh, crank started. Crank. And Model A's. There's a, a little bit of that, but there's so little of it that society would really suffer. But if you have like these big societies where people are just doing that day to day and that big horrible disaster happens, then there's enough people out there to prevent mass starvation if this disaster happens. So basically you create all these mini societies. Let's say we're all on self-driving cars, so hardly anybody knows how to drive. And all of a sudden, self-driving cars are just off the table for whatever reason. We would still have hundreds of thousands of truckers who know how to drive trucks in this mini society so that they can like move into the other societies and show people how to do stuff or show people how to cut down trees with an axe instead of a saw or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Basically, if the robots become sentient, They'll see this as like this is a backup for them too. Like, so it's almost robot proof in that it gives humanity a purpose that won't go away because of high technology and robots and whatever. Just know which area you're going into. Try not to walk into like Black Death Europe. Uh, that would probably be one that you'd want to walk into. Oh, and one other thing is that the modern knowledge will trickle in. Like, we know more about germs, and we didn't like. They used to have to like urinate on cotton to like soften it up or whatever. Like we would have alternate methods that we would give to them people and we would have modern toilets. So it wouldn't be a totally accurate representation, but it would be close enough to impress tourists. But it would also serve a purpose of disaster preparedness. Hmm. That's very interesting. That is very cool. I like that. I'm comedian David Shank. I am Jason Spitzbergen. I'm Josh Boweb. I'm your host, Tom Loma. This is Creativity Wasted. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give a review or rating on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you got it. I have a website, creativitywasted.com, and I also started a Patreon. You can get uncut episodes, early access to episodes, notes about the ideas, and bonus stuff like that. You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network.
Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Thanks for listening.